You're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. You know, Shelby, if you had just like put in a little bit more effort, uh, <laughs> you could have a good job now. You wouldn't be <laughs> having to park these cars and record podcasts. You could be a professional <sighs> like your friend who's a lawyer and <laughs> just look at you. It's true, honestly. Instead, uh, you're going to karaoke every night. <laughs> live in the dream yeah um i i feel i felt that i felt that conversation um being in a job i don't necessarily love but then i was like you know what i live my life outside my job so who's really winning (laughs) who is really you know that's the question all the time who is winning and (laughs) and who isn't because it's because it's really that we're all losing mostly (laughs) Well, hopefully you don't feel like that this week because um, we are here to discuss a Marvel film, which you famously have been um, not a fan of for the majority of it. You you liked Endgame. Other than that, I rarely heard you say nice things about Marvel in general. <laughs> I think I liked Black Widow okay, didn't I? Or oh, did, I don't remember. Didn't I, I already forgot about that movie. I was going to say, You're we right. did you... do an episode on that, didn't we? You're... I don't know. Did we? I don't think we... I, I watched it. <laughs> I, I, can't I watched it. I did I do a Photoshop of that? It feels like I would have put you on her body or something if we had done a did whole episode on Black about Widow. Black Widow. I don't think we did. I think you wanted to talk or we were on vacation or because I liked Florence Pugh in that. <laughs> well, maybe that's why you watched it, but I have to look at our old episodes because I do not think we talked about it. If we talked about it, it was like two months ago, literally. So it's not that long. I'm in, I'm looking this up right now. Yes, you're wrong. Da 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 da. Did we talked about the Suicide Squad? We talked about old. Maybe we didn't. I can't remember why we didn't, but I don't think we did. Also, this is oh, <laughs> it's been a long. Year. Well, now I'm just looking at our feed, and it's like wonky because like some of them are for season one, and then I think when we well, switched I think you, over, it depends on when you are. Oh, I don't know how it's working. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, I'm excited for this one. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Is that the full title? I should have double-checked. Yes, yes. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ten Rings, yes. yes. So this is basically, you know, Black Widow was sort of a prequel-sequel situation. Um, We've had the shows on Disney+. And... But this is the first like new step, the first feature film in Marvel's next phase of things. Now I'm nervous that I'm forgetting an entire other movie, but I'm I think that's right. I'm no, because I looked it up and it's yeah, that was the new Spider-Man, which was technically in the last phase. Oh, phase okay, okay. Yes, three. Yeah, three. And then yeah. there was Black Widow, which is technically in phase four, but it's like... Right. Um, oh, soft phase four. Yes. Okay, like Suicide Squad, old. We talked about the Emmy. We did. We did a whole episode <laughs> on Black Widow on Dang July it. 14th. July 14th. That's not even two months ago. I just think totally... That movie left such a small imprint on me. I, wow, yeah, I remember. I remember episodes we did two years ago, and she I don't gave her that, that vest or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> that, that <laughs> yeah. vest. But I will say, I was trying to hunt through our Apple Podcast feed, and it is confusing. I don't know <laughs> what they are doing, but it is all over the place. It might be based on what you've downloaded versus what you started listening to versus Maybe. that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Apple Podcasts is a mess. I have like, I hate them. Well, this episode's a mess already. Um, okay. Shang-Chi. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about this. I like Marvel. I've been excited for where they're going to go now that they've finished sort of the classic. Um, you know, you had your Iron Man final chapter. He's killed off in Endgame. It's RIP to him. It's all a question of like, who's the next big baddie? What's going to be the central theme? A lot of people have been contemplating like this 
you know, in Loki, the TV show, they've set up the fact that the multiverse has started has started and it's like splintering off these timelines and how that's going to play into it, which invites a lot of speculation on Dr. Strange and WandaVision, which we also saw in her show. Um, WandaVision, LOL. Uh, But now we have this movie, which is basically a standalone film, sort of an origin story of a new comic character that we haven't yet seen, but will feasibly be a big part going forward. Um, I guess first things first, did you like it? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> it, it, it had, um, it has sort of Black Panther vibes for mm-hmm. me in mm-hmm. that it's a standalone, it's new characters. It's not really like tying in very much. And also I think with Black Panther, it did a good job of setting up this origin story. That's like, mm-hmm. that involves a lot of flashbacks and like cutting to like, okay, the family and the, this and like things in the past. And I think it did a really nice job of like giving you those details slowly. So mm-hmm. it was like interest, the whole, the way the script was constructed, I thought was really well thought out in that you're watching this movie, but it's not like cr- chronological. It's set yeah. in the real time and then sort of you're going back and getting this information slowly but surely on the dad and the mom and how their interactions with this like secret um assassin society but also the um like i don't even know what you call them like the the magical people who live on the lake who are like <laughs> yeah in a, the in a villagers yeah yes <laughs> the, the mystical uh, land their land yeah. is like Tovlo or something. It's not what it's <laughs> called, but yes, I should have yeah. written that down. Um, yeah, no, I I thought it was really good too. Um, this has been sitting pretty certified prep fresh since the first critics um, were able to talk about it. It's currently at um, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with like a similar audience score, which you sometimes don't always see. Um, it broke a Labor Day weekend records, like not even just COVID records, just general Labor Day weekend records with 71 million in the U.S., which is a huge accomplishment, especially because of the COVID situation. Um, This is the first Disney Marvel movie that they've released only to theaters. Um, Kevin Feige unfortunately called it an experiment at the time, which uh, didn't play well, given that it's also the first Asian lead they've had so it seems sort of like oh well we'll see if this goes well I don't think that's how he meant it I think he meant it's the first one they're not doing on premiere access Disney plus where you can watch it at home for $30 type thing um and it paid off in a huge way it I think showed yeah yeah it really worked it I went on a random <laughs> showing yesterday and the theater it was fun to be in a space with people it was obviously packed. my theater yeah. was so busy i was like what are y'all doing i didn't realize <laughs> yeah. beforehand that it wasn't on disney plus and i was like oh yeah on a monday like at one <laughs> there's this many people going to see this movie but then i realized yes. oh wait this is like a traditional marvel release now because you can't just watch it at home like you- yeah you have to schlep out and get, risk getting Delta. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't think people should feel guilty if they don't want to do that. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Your comfort level matters. But I do think it was exciting to see that that didn't hold back the success of this film. Yes. Because, you know, you're always waiting on bated breath to see if some um, racist person somewhere could be like, we'll see. Uh, you didn't show up for this movie. Right. So I guess yes. we're not going to make another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good news all around. <laughs> But yeah, but I thought it was really well done. I thought it was very fun. The uh, I I I think that Marvel has smartly gotten to bad has figured out that they need bad guys who are like a little bit more remote or like yeah. earthly or I mean, yes, there's like a giant dragon fight at the end, but for the most part, everyone's sort of like doing martial arts moves. It's right. not like a lot of gods fighting each other or like in unbeatable monsters type thing, Mm -hmm. which I liked. Um, I have a question, just like a Marvel question. Okay. So the giant like dragon thing that they're like guarding against Mm -hmm. that then pops out at the end. Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing that the Eternals are trying to fight? I don't think so. Cause the, cause I, cause they've showed the Eternals trailer beforehand and it's like, Oh, we're up against these like creatures and, the reason why we haven't tried to stop anything is because we're only here to like defend against these creatures. And then I was like, wait, is this the same type mm. of creature 
and that and we're moving into a space where like that is somehow connected but maybe not I didn't get that vibe I don't think so I haven't seen any articles connecting the two um I think that the Eternals trailer was just trying to answer why they weren't involved in yes mm-hmm. in game, and then kind of we haven't seen exactly what their purpose is slash what they're protecting us against. Um, so I think this was sort of a standalone type of one and done monster bash. Okay, in this mm-hmm. one. that's the vibe I got. There could be more nuanced um, comic lore that I'm not aware of. Um, but yeah, I think what like you mentioned what works in this movie, especially after, you know, the burnout you can feel getting lost in the weeds of the Marvel cinematic universe is that this one does feel like it exists in that sphere. It it mentions things like the snap and like Iron Man and all this stuff. So, you know, they're existing in this space, but it really works well as a standalone and you're allowed to kind of get to know these characters without the burden of like, how do they relate to Captain America and when are they going to meet the Avengers squad? Like it's just a movie that functions pretty well on its own without needing to know a lot about Marvel, either the comics or the movies. But did you feel that way or were there moments where you're like, wait, am I missing something? No, I felt that way too. And I was also thinking about what you had said on some previous episode, maybe the Black Widow one, honestly, that <laughs> about how Marvel is sort of like going back and taking mistakes that it made in earlier movies yes. and trying to like redo them. And I did see the third Iron Man and I remember <laughs> yeah. people not really liking the Ben Kingsley right. <laughs> twist in it. And so it was interesting to see them bring him back here mm-hmm. and basically just use him as comic relief, which <laughs> I thought worked really well and was really funny. Um, yes. I loved that whole plot line because in the you. I when, in it, my theater no one like laughed when he showed up and I was like do you guys not know do we need to hit pause so I can remind you folk <laughs> I would not have remembered it all if they hadn't have if they hadn't have mentioned it earlier in the right. movie where they were like oh he there was this guy and he was a terrorist and he went by the name the Mandarin and something with Iron Man I was like okay yeah I think I remember that I think that was the Ben Kingsley character yeah and then when he showed up I was like okay yes definitely yeah um <laughs> But yeah, I found I found him like so entertaining and such a random addition. Like the movie definitely did not need him yeah. for the plot, but then to just have him and the weird little like <laughs> stuffed animal thing that's flying around with yeah. him, I was like, great, perfect, love this. <laughs> like this, whoever whoever his idea this was to be like, hey, let's bring that character back. Like they deserve yeah. a promotion. Yeah. Well, I um. I was reading a little bit about this film because I knew you saw it just this afternoon. So I thought I'd do some research. Um, So we had an educational corner in this episode. Oh, you don't think I am (laughs) well-educated on Marvel properties? For shame. Yeah. But um, obviously this is, you know, Marvel has had things in the works for years now. Um, This was sort of a recent announcement in um, 2018, I think, which was a surprise because Shang-Chi, the character, was a very small character in the comics, as I understand it, that was then discontinued in like the 80s. Um, And it sort of revolved around a pretty racist stereotype of um, of (laughs) basically yellow peril um, with this character, Fu Manchu, who they decided to completely do away with because it was just so offensive. And instead they created this. The only thing they kept from that is this idea of him having a complicated relationship with his father, who's sort of bad, sort of good and um, sort of the villain. And so basically they announced Shang-Chi would be the, a movie. Um, and it stars uh, Simu Liu, who is a Canadian um Asian actor who <laughs> most recently was in Kim's Convenience. Um Did you watch that? I've never seen that, but I've heard it's I funny. Did. Yeah, it, it was okay. I like my sitcoms to have more th- it was very much like um episodes just stood alone. You know what I mean? Okay, like there wasn't gotcha. like the mm-hmm. through line. Yes. And so it didn't like flow as much for me. But there's definitely it's a fun show. I think it gets worse as it goes on. <laughs> And I think the actors agree with that because they had a big falling out with the last season, especially. Um, But he he's pretty funny on uh, Simu is on Twitter and stuff. He admitted that one of his first gigs was he was a photo um, 
a stock photo model for a little bit like you I've done that (laughs) I've done that so now there's like this whole slew of photos of him and like obviously you know the token Asian in these like business meetings that's then plastered Uh on on billboards um promotional materials a couple of people found textbooks that have him on it which I think (laughs) has to make that like a very valuable image at this point right can you change the cost of stock images like yeah I don't know (laughs) or if it would get like um (laughs) Like if they would retract it or whatever. Like, yeah. Because can you can you use a stock image if if like you're famous? Oh, you know? I don't know. Interesting. He's he's had some good laughs with it, so he seems pretty relaxed about the whole gig. But he like originally went to be an accountant. Like he went to business school. Ended up dropping out. His first movie was as an extra on Pacific Rim. So he's like mm-hmm. very new to acting. And I think what was interesting about this film is you compare it to something like Mulan, which is like oh, Asian representation, but then behind the scenes, you just have white people writing, directing, right. choreographing, costuming it. Whereas this one was very much um, kept in the Asian family where um, the director is Destin Danielle Cretton. Um, you obviously have, a, I think, a couple Asian writers and then one, I want to say white writer, I didn't check, but um so it really did feel more authentic and they talked about how the most important thing to them was to go through all of shang chi's appearances in the comic books and just make a list of every racist stereotype any storyline whatever that they were going to cut and so i think some people were concerned that this show would either be pretty pointless because it's like oh he's not in the comics that much or it would be offensive because it's like, oh, it's just like the Kung Fu man stereotype. Like, right. here's another like Asian fighter. That's all he can do type thing. And I think the fact that they took so much care in making sure there was um, representation, both obviously in the movie, but also behind the scenes meant that there was this really humanizing uh, general generality to the character where anyone can relate to him. But there are also really distinct details where you do have um, them speaking in their native tongue and we have to read subtitles and they take off their shoes before going inside and they're eating these soup. They're talking about the day of the dead, like all these sort of cultural moments that felt really authentic the way they portrayed them. And there's been so many comparisons to crazy rich Asians. And like I said, Mulan and just the differences in how um, the culture is normalized, which shouldn't be a big deal, but I really felt like that was one of the interesting things in this movie too, was just how these characters felt very real and like the houses, the every detail felt like authentic and believable. But then at the heart of it, it was also just a story about a guy that you could kind of relate to and identify with. And he has a struggle with his, you know, um, (laughs) wild father and (laughs) dark past. Um, So I felt like it was really fun to see it all come together. And what surprised me most was that, I thought this would be a story where he like realizes he has powers, but it turns out he always, well, not powers, but strength or whatever, but it turns out he always knew and was just kind of trying to hide it. So the first fight is actually one of the more epic ones that's teased in the trailer, which is on the like subway car. And it just happens in the first 20 minutes of the film. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like getting into it real fast. And I like loved the choreography in this movie. Well, then the great thing was is that it really paid homage to all of the Asian action films, yes. which is like a whole different genre. And so I love that they were like, okay, we're doing a superhero movie, but we're doing it. Um, but we're going to like twist it and we're going to bring in sort of like the filmmaking techniques of this other mm-hmm. genre. Because so much of the marvel choreography fight scenes is very similar it's things that we've seen over and over and over again and this was much more um similar to something like crouching tiger hidden dragon or even you know just like these um uh like korean and chinese action films my brother is obsessed with them and Mm. so i've watched you know i don't know several dozen on vacation at various points and the action is just so quick and so clean Mm -hmm. and and because it's like martial arts based there's so much like movement towards it and it's less like a gun and a like a like a kind of a gritty 
wrestling type fight, which I think is usually what you see in Marvel and more of like actual hand to hand combat. It was, it reminded me of like the matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought they did a really good job with setting the different fight scenes in unique, interesting places. Like I loved yeah. the fight scene on the scaffolding outside the building. I loved the, the bus fight scene. Uh, they just did such a nice job with making it entertaining to watch because after what is this? This is like the 30th or something like Marvel movie. <laughs> 24th. Yeah. We have seen so many fight sequences and yeah. there's only so many that you can watch and to, to get a movie where everything feels really fresh somehow still after that many movies is miraculous. Yeah. No, that's what I was really excited by is that, yeah, especially watching Black Widow, which you obviously saw us forget in real time that mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. watched and talked about. It's like, this felt so, like, I'd be excited to watch it again because it was so interesting. They had such, I think some people found, like, the slow motion a little indulgent at points, but I felt like it all worked here. And there was such a sharp eye for the choreography and the um, filming, the cinematography of it all, because they had these experts in the field, like people who had choreographed um uh oh man i just wrote it down and i lost all my notes <laughs> well also the movie oh, jackie was just... chan stunt oh yeah the stunt coordinator mm-hmm. yeah and um the brad allen who worked with jackie chan as well did the um cinematography and so i feel th- i feel like it was all like really really well done and i think that always pays off because a lot of times you do feel like you just get these cgi fights which obviously was happening here but there was real choreography involved with the martial arts of it yeah you could tell that there were actual people doing a lot of yeah. the fight <laughs> scenes and i just the movie was so beautiful mm-hmm. like the the costumes were incredible the and very um dramatic i loved the score that they were using it was it, it it stood out from the other Marvel scores and was very um, interesting and emotionally evocative. Also just like the sets are pretty, mm-hmm. that whole scene where they put the two gemstones on like the tiger mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. dragon's eyes and you have those like wood paneling and then it's like water and then it's like crystals. And what I was like, this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also really liked, you mentioned it a little bit, but I think what they did well here is so many of these origin stories feel very laborious because you have to get a lot of details in there, a lot of like their flashbacks, a lot of like (laughs) building up to the Mm -hmm. moment where they can fight. Whereas this, like I had just recently rewatched Captain America and like 80% of that movie is just him being a scrawny kid, like whining right. about it. And it's like, oh my gosh. And so this was nice because one, you immediately had someone who knew how to fight. And so you got mm-hmm. so many cool fights. But then they did a really interesting thing where they had voiceover, but it wasn't like cheesy, uh, omnipresent voiceover. It would end up being like, oh, it's someone having a conversation with one of the other right. characters. I, like, I love that. And I think it was refreshing because it felt real it felt like it was it felt even more set in reality (laughs) and it Mm -hmm. grounded you even in this fantastical setting um i was curious you obviously have simu who plays shang chi and then you have aquafina who plays his bff katie um she's been problematic in the past did you did you like her here i was thinking while i was watching this that she is really doing a nice job i feel like with her career of getting Mm -hmm. these roles but also like showing that she can do more than just like comedy i mean i think that someone like rebel wilson or tiffany Mm -hmm. haddish like sort of fell into this situation where they're really funny in one movie and then they're just basically playing that same character over and over again and i think aquafina to a certain extent is doing that but like her character in this has more emotional weight to it. She's asked to be funny, but also to do serious bits. Mm -hmm. And you can see that she will be coming back in future films, probably or TV shows. So I like that she has this to kind of like flex with. Mm -hmm. And then obviously she was amazing in the farewell. I think that she's, you know, fine or whatever in Crazy Rich Asians. I haven't seen Nora from Queens, but I've heard that that's really good. Mm -hmm. So I am excited I feel like she's doing a good job and I like her and I'm excited to see kind of like where she goes next. 
Yeah. I think um, something she's gotten heat for is this like black scent and sort of the appropriation of black culture, especially Mm -hmm. in her early career. Um, I feel like in this movie, she definitely toned it down. (laughs) And I think it worked. I think one, she just has a New York accent and I think she struggles to lose that. And I, I can't really speak on if that's a appropriation or if she's still leaning into that black scent. But I feel like in this movie, she definitely did better at managing that. Well, I felt like she was asked to do less of her like comedy stuff and to be a little bit more serious. So that is probably also why she wasn't up to her stained (laughs) shtick in the same way. Yeah. I think comparing her energy levels in Crazy Rich Asians to this, there was definitely like a new new maturity. Um, Yes. And I think it worked well. I think this movie, you know, Marvel sometimes gets, it's praised for its, it's leaning into the comedy and like a lot of its films are always like a lot more lighthearted, a lot brighter than something like DC. But I do feel like you have something like guardians or Thor Ragnarok that it sort of becomes zany and you lose some of the story and characterize characterization. But in this movie, I think it struck a nice balance, especially because these actors had backgrounds that Katie and, um, Shang-Chi I mean have backgrounds in comedy and so I think there was a natural charisma to their um, chemistry and their presence in the film but they were also working with Ben Kingsley who was having a good time Um, another actor from (laughs) Crazy Rich Asians popped up in a bit role and I think there was just like people having fun but it never like sacrificed the plot or the the character building that was going on well, and also, like, both Shang-Chi and Katie had also sort of a serious plot line with, mm-hmm. like, their aimlessness and trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life. And then, obviously, um, you know, all of the drama that's happening. But then the the mom and the dad and the sister, like, none of them are really comedic at yeah. all in the movie. <laughs> so whenever they're having interactions, that's more serious. Like, Aquafina is forced to sort of get on their level to a certain mm-hmm. extent. And I yeah. think that that's good for her. Where in something like Ocean's 8, you know, it's like she's only <laughs> oh, yeah. there for the comedy purposes. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, another breakout, well, not breakout. Uh, this cast is all tried and true actors, just maybe not in the American cinema. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tony Leung plays Wen Wu, the father. Uh, Michelle Yeoh makes an appearance as sort of the village auntie. Um, and then you have uh, Shang-Chi's sister, Jia Ling, who's played by Munger Zhang, who I thought was pretty good in this. Uh, I loved her. I, she, <laughs> she was, was pretty, She was looking pretty good. She I was, was like, doing let's well. give her a spinoff, please. Like, I don't know what that <laughs> yeah. weapon was that's like a chain with like a pot on one yeah. end and like a knife on the other, but I was like... Yeah. This is this is a vibe. Give me more of this, please. Yeah, I mean, I was I also was like, like <laughs> I was like, I I would like to get a physics team in here because I don't <laughs> think that this is actually like how this weapon would work in real life. But okay. sure, I mean, yeah, if I was like Hawkeye or Black Widow, R.I.P., um, I'd be pretty scared coming face to face with uh, yeah Zhang Ling. So um, good for her. Um, really appreciated that. I liked that there was a lot going on, but it all felt really natural the way the plot moved forward where it didn't feel like, I don't know, like the timing of it. There's something that seemed so natural in a genre that can sometimes feel like, Oh, suddenly we're in the Arctic and now we're down in South America and now we're over here. And it's like constant movement and like no real process they of that. They didn't really do like set changes yeah. though, did they? No, I mean, they just, they just had they this were natural in weekend. <laughs> Yeah, and then they went off to, you know, yeah, yeah, and then the village was nearby, I guess, but (laughs) it wasn't like, it wasn't like, and the information's in a base in Moscow, and you know, it's (laughs) like, okay, well, now we have to do a third of the movie in Moscow, and then it's like, oh, but the final thing is in Sao Paulo, okay, well, now (laughs) we're there. Yeah, and um, so the main plot of this is that dad is uh, this eternal holder yeah, of the okay. ten rings. Which I okay, I just am slightly confused. Okay. So they were like, oh, he's a thousand years old, whatever. Yes. Are they is it that the rings make him a thousand years old or he's somehow special? Or the fact that it's like the people in the village, do they also live forever? I was no. confused as to who has the aging thing. Like will um Shang Shi get to live forever or 
Yeah, I think it's the rings because the there's rings. also, okay. and this is like, honestly, I don't care that much about the comics because it sounds like they retconned a lot of it. So I don't know if it's different in there. It doesn't matter. But in this movie, it seemed like it was the rings gave him, like stopped him from aging because they made a comment once where he's like, I gave up my rings when I was happy with your mother and we had our life yes. together. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was done. I could see myself giving up eternity or whatever some some phrase about it so i think it's all in the ring somehow i don't know why i don't think we know why because they admit in the mid-credit scene that this is like a power they don't understand blah 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 but i do think it's more it just was he happened to find them somehow that wasn't explained how he became this master um like what what would we call it a uh, uh, gang leader uh, uh assassin's creed type like what's yes. going on there? yeah some kind it was like sort, it was almost like um the old guard type yeah. of vibe like where <laughs> but for throughout evil. throughout history we've been like popping up and doing things like a knight's templar <laughs> something yeah and so anyways he meets a woman who can finally keep up with him it, it you know the age-old tale of falling in love uh, ignoring the red flags that a man brings to a relationship and she got a few good years um his past came back to haunt them and the wife slash mother of shang chi is killed and that sort of ends up being this but also how was she killed by those I think people she was killed by the oh because there were too many of them yeah I, I a person can only I, do so much well but i was like she she was like whooping ass when she was fighting against a guy <laughs> with 10 rings and now these are just like random people they're not like superheroes it, or something yeah a quantity over quality situation guess, it seems like I guess. there's a lot of moving parts well, there. i was also confused I, I was like okay nobody here has guns like how would that interact <laughs> with this in, in world well, maybe but, that's how she died i don't know yeah, we didn't get to that question <laughs> yeah. not asked she also had a very long time to get a speech to her son before they killed her <laughs> hey they didn't want to ha- mess with the kids they were they had patient some respect. they were patient assassins yeah yeah blood o- a blood oath m- like, blood must eh, be played it's with eight, blood. but we don't, we don't have we don't have another thing till 9 30 so you can <laughs> yeah. you can you can take 20 minutes yeah but i do think it ended up being this interesting sort of slow reveal of of this like relationship of the lessons learned of how he would come to confront his father because the movie really starts with us just learning he was trained to be an assassin by his dad and nothing really about his mom or her death comes until basically the final act of the movie when he is finally motivated to embrace his full culture and open himself to the uh, power of this um, village, the earth, like having the ability his mother had to overcome his father's um uh, more artificial power as well. And so I thought it was really interesting to see the dad's figure get that because I thought he'd just be a villain. Like, oh, he's trying to literally kill his kids for their pendants. But then it turns out he just like had faith that they were badasses and they'd survive anything he threw at them. And he just wanted them to get together to join him on his mission to save his um, dead wife who he's become convinced isn't dead. And I thought that was like a really humanizing dinner scene. Like it was like, everything about him surprised me and um, and it made it more emotional and kind of interesting to see how that would play out instead of just having, you know, your, your classic bread and butter bad guy of, oh, he's totally evil and we need to destroy him. And here it's like, yeah, he's done some bad things and we need to stop him. But also let's spare a moment of empathy to think about what he's been through, which I can respect. Well, and then there was sort of a big bad at the end as yeah. well. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it, I thought the whole the whole narrative really worked with the different bad guys and the good guys and the whatever like the way that they sort of rolled it out worked really well. Yeah, I think um, the direct the writer he said that when he was pitching he was like I just wanted to make a family drama that also happened to feature some martial arts and kung fu moves, uh-huh. and it's like wow yeah I think that's exactly what they did and I think it worked and it made me respect marvel a little bit more i mean it's been 13 years 24 films it's unfortunate that it's taken this long to get an asian lead um especially coming off the tales of watching tilda swinton play the ancient one (laughs) in doctor strange Mm -hmm. and seeing the mandarin pop up as a sort of i mean he's not really the mandarin as is addressed in this film but ben kingsley being cast as that character i think 
I think they're recognizing that there's power in diversity and in allowing people to kind of pull these weirder characters out of the comic book lore and modernize them and make them interesting, bring in some new zhuzh and color to (laughs) this universe. And so it all in all made me excited about what's to come. But at the heart of it, it was just a good movie. Well, and also... I mean, I understand that a big part of like comic book readers and Marvel fans are these sort of like 30, 40, 50 year old, like white guy, you know, Mm -hmm. energy that we talk about all the time, like the Star Wars fans as well. But also if you go to a Marvel movie, the audience is packed with all kinds of Mm -hmm. different people, old people, young people, like people from all different kinds of backgrounds. I feel like the Marvel movies are have really permeated the world to the point that like upper class people like them, lower class people like them, like different races, backgrounds, neighborhoods, like everybody can get in on this and it's like a common touchstone. So it does make sense that like, yes, there there's an audience for, um, for non-white leads in these movies. Right. <laughs> um, also I, I was, I thought that, um, Destin Daniel Cretton did a really good job with this, given mm-hmm. that his previous films are nothing like this one, <laughs> because he did Short Term Twelve, yes, which I think we both so. really loved, and then he did he basically has just done um, Brie Larson movies. So glad that yeah. she popped up in this one, <laughs> because then he also did um, The Glass Castle, and then um, oh, what, what's the uh, Just Mercy? Yes, um, with Michael B. Jordan and. Those are all sort of like more quiet, more contemplative, like personal films. So to then move into this big blockbuster action Mm -hmm. film, I thought was interesting. But you could see that he was then able to bring like a personal element to the movie that maybe some of these other directors who are more focused on the action sequences or the big budget or the CG like are not bringing to the same degree. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely had like a more intimate lens than you expect from these Mm -hmm. big action flicks. Um, And also I'm rooting for the entire cast of Short Term 12. I just I want that to be the golden movie that people are like, wow. I mean, it basically is. I feel like (laughs) we're like halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was excited to see that's who did this. Um, But yeah, it was definitely a chance to stretch. And um, I think he he lived up to it because. I was trying to um, think of all the other origin films that we've gotten. And it's like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, obviously. You have Black Panther, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Spider-Man just sort of a she- uh, pops up. He doesn't really get an origin film necessarily. Um, Black Widow, she doesn't have one. Hulk doesn't really either. Um, so was this like, where does it fall for you? Like, what do you think? I know you're not a fan of like 80% of these, but <laughs> I mean, I love black Panther and I, but otherwise, otherwise the origin ones are a lot. Like I haven't really seen them that many. I saw oh, Thor. Really? I, I'm not sure I ever saw the first Iron Man. I definitely what? didn't see the first Captain America. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm not sure, but yes, I would say, I mean, just in the scope of Marvel movies that I have seen, I think this is, you know, top five easily, (laughs) um, if not like top three. Yeah. That's so wild about Iron Man, but I guess it came out when you were still pretty uh, sheltered, so. Yeah. And also I'm just like not a superhero person. So. That was a moment, you know, that was a movement. Right. But like, I, I would not have been like, it was not a movie that I would have chosen to see by myself. So if somebody else didn't want to, like, I mean, and who knows what right. I was doing when that came out, because I think I would have been in what high school, middle school. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't uh, think. Um, okay, well, I was gonna say, um, you know, should we talk about those credit scenes? Did you stay to watch them? Or? Yes, I did watch the credit <laughs> Good scenes. For you. Um, yeah we don't know what the rings are or they got some kind of power. I feel like that's definitely setting up for something. There's a message. It's a beacon. It's a whatever, you know, like it's for the same with the earlier Avengers movies where, you know, it's these different stones and, Oh, it's the Tesseract, but it's actually the, this, but it's actually the, whatever, (laughs) like you can definitely see that there's some artifacts coming together that I'm sure will, will play. Um, 
And then what else happened in the post The last scenes? scene was um, the sister, Zha Ling, sort of taking over her father's oh, yeah. assassin compound. Do we... No, they have not announced a sequel for this or any no. kind of like spinoff yet. That's correct. So TBD on that. I mean, yeah, I it's like, is she bad? Fun... Is she... She said earlier in the movie that she, if her dad wasn't going to have her in his empire, then she'd just make her own. So is she... Is she going to be a baddie? Is she just being more of the old guard goodie type with an edge? She's added some spray paint. She's wearing a cool ruby suit. Like, she looks good. It looks like a good time. <laughs> Equality. I, I mean, I could see a sort of like Black Widow-esque type spinoff that's that's a little bit, that's more like a sassany spy mm-hmm. if they wanted to go in that route. But yeah. You know, also, I don't know whether they would do a full film of that. Maybe that maybe that's a TV show. I don't know. Um, because also Aquafina and um, Shang-Chi are taken into the Doctor Strange portal. Yes. So presumably they will be showing up in the next Doctor Strange film or have some connection to it. Um, yeah. So. Well, that's sort of like, I think that's what's refreshing about being at this new chapter of Marvel is you have a lot of toxic Marvel fans who are like, oh, Captain America's the best. Like, no one can be Iron Man. Like, well, whatever. I don't need them anymore. I'm excited to be at a new start where it seems like we don't know exactly what's coming and the movies don't have to tie in so heavily like you did with Captain America, where each Captain America movie was basically an Avengers movie. Um, because right now they're still setting the stage for whatever their big baddie is going to be. And so I'll be curious to see how the next couple movies play out. Eternals, obviously. Then you have the Spider-Man. Um, Doctor Strange seems to be the through line from WandaVision up to Spider-Man and then his movies next. So it does seem like that's going to be more of the... It'll enter this sort of more mythical, magical, multiverse madness type thing. So I think this movie was a nice entry point for new fans, but also for people who are just ready to see what comes next without being drowned in the details yet. Well, and we're establishing all of these new characters because yeah. obviously these are all new characters. Um, we got some new characters in Cap and or in uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. We got some new. We're gonna get new characters in Eternals. So it's hard to kind of see like, is there another Avengers like super team coming? Like, will I assume that this will all culminate in another, yeah. you know, big <laughs> film because the Avengers movies did so well for them that I can't imagine them not going back to that well and doing another like everybody together we're fighting for something yeah but at the same time like when will that be what will it look like it feels like it's a couple years down the road and they haven't announced movies that have that vibe to them everything that's announced are either new new people or their sequels to things that are already happening so we haven't got a like oh it's called the conquerors and it's (laughs) like all of these people from the more recent marvel movies yeah you should pitch that. It's a good name. The Conquerors? <laughs> I'm sure that that's already a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, did you have anything else or any any no. hot takes? or? I mean, I don't think so. I loved the... <laughs> I really want like a stuffed animal or whatever of that. It was really cute. Little pig... Like Big eagle flying thing, thing with no yeah. face. Oh my gosh, loved it. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say this is a now. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're worried about COVID, I would say like maybe wait a couple weeks because it does seem busy. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, the it's good. It's out there. It's something to do. Get on it. Yeah, I think the word of mouth is definitely going to help this movie keep up the um good work. Um. So it might be busy for a while because I think more and more people are excited to see it after seeing how well it's done and how well it sustained itself even beyond just critic uh, opinion because <laughs> it's a fun one. <laughs> I will also say that the Disney, we got to drive through a waterfall to find a secret society. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we got two now in like a couple months. Like uh, why? Like when? where's the next one? <laughs> I mean, that's a classic. It, it's it, Atlantis. Like everything's hidden behind a waterfall. It's a, it's your go-to move. Like if you want to find a secret society, just check behind the waterfalls. I know, but like back-to-back Disney blockbusters, <laughs> like that's the plot line. I was like, somebody should have maybe moved these around a little bit, but I guess that's because yeah. of COVID. So. Uh, 
I'm glad that's the only hang up you had, though. Well, because Jungle Cruise <laughs> was supposed to come out last summer, and this was supposed to. Come oh out yeah, in yeah, yeah. We would have had so that. So they would have been like eight months. Yeah. <laughs> that's too bad. They should have pushed Jungle Cruise a little bit more so that they yeah. didn't have that unfortunate yes. um, similarity. <laughs> Ugh, I know how embarrassing for them. Uh, do you have any uh, rapid fire questions? Um, I do. Okay. So if you had to use one of the weapons in the movie, like oh, if you're Aquafina and you show up and they're like, okay, you got to pick something. What are you getting trained in? I would, I would appreciate a bow and arrow. I think because it gives you a little more space to try. Whereas you like loved hunger games. <laughs> yeah, I have the whole look ready. I can braid my hair easily. Um, but I just feel like if you're fighting with like a stick or a, that becomes hand-to-hand and that's like probably not my forte so if I can have some distance between me and my target I think that's better for everyone involved see I was thinking I would just use the stick because I feel like that's involved like the least um skill you know? yeah like you can like I can whack someone with a stick now and do a lot of damage <laughs> yeah. so I think that would be my go-to choice yeah. but now that you're saying that yes being uh, nicely distant yeah would also be a good idea <laughs> she was just like standing on a porch somewhere where all, everyone uh-huh. else was down on the beach so although the other guy did get his soul sucked out right yeah, before she had to shoot the arrow yeah and you know honestly ben kingsley had the right ideas just play dead that's yes that's, no, that's what i would have done 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. um i was gonna ask if you could create your perfect dream animal combining two creatures what what would your first pitch be Hmm. Okay. 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 I love rhinoceroses. Oh my so I feel gosh. like I would go with that. Like I like that, like that they're kind of like big and sort of stupid, yeah. but I would want something that's like then also maybe a little bit more cuddly. Yes. Um, so what would go well with that? Like maybe like I an otter would go well or something. With it. it sounds horrifying. I like, would it be the uh, well, rhino horn well, or like the cute little bud or what? Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, if it's just like a furry rhino, that's basically a bear, which is not that <laughs> It's cuddly. not basically a bear. It, it's a rhino head. Like, I think a rhino bear would be pretty pretty baller, kind of maybe cute. I could see that. Yeah, if it was like nice. Yeah, maybe and like I a guess, mini, like a mini yes, poodle version. Because it wouldn't have claws and it wouldn't have sharp teeth. It would yeah. just kind of be like a cute kind of like dumb, like furry rhino. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm going to have. See, I was going to say like a tiger and then like a... Like a bear, but that's just a fat tiger, <laughs> you know, which is pretty okay, so cute. <laughs> we're both coming to the same type of animal. We yeah, want just something like a fat round, roly poly type. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, that or like a giraffe face, I think, could be kind of funky on an animal, like something like that. But they're not Weird. really my favorite. Um, okay, rank these three things as okay. to whether, like, from most to least want to do them. Would you rather climb down a full oh, no. scaffolding outside mm-hmm. of a building, mm-hmm. drive a bus that has the brakes cut on it, <laughs> or have to go through a whole training where you punch tree trunks? <laughs> I'd rather drive a bus. It, I, I'd rather drive the bus and crash it into safety. So that's number one. And then what's number two? Um, then I'd punch things. And then I would <laughs> kill myself. <laughs> no, the bamboo scaffolding scene was honestly the most uh, gut-wrenching for me. That's just like, oh, the heights and the dark and the, the narrow steps. Like, no, that's that's a no for me. Oh, see, I would do the scaffolding any day of the week. Because what? I'm not, I'm not that afraid of heights. And I feel like you can take your time. Like, you can go so slow down that thing <laughs> and just, like, do it, like, one by one by one. Like, I'd be fine. Where the bus, but who knows get if tired. you're going to die. But you'd get, your arms would get tired and then you'd I don't fall know. to I your got, death. I, well, then you'd take a little nap. I don't know. Yeah, I got stamina. <laughs> I got good stamina. Yeah, no, uh, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, I was going to ask if you could bring in another Aquafina character in this multiverse, if this opened to a multiverse, which one would you want to see also join this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like the obvious answer would be the farewell because that's the best movie that she's in but also like what like that like what, what does that downer. look like in this yeah, yeah. so maybe uh, maybe honestly the the girl from um from oceans eight yeah what i was trying to remember she's her like power like her, oh whatever. okay that's Isn't right that she does? yeah yeah 
that's a good idea because I feel like it'd be really distracting to have the crazy rich Asians um, woman in this world. Yes. In scenarios. Yes. yes. <laughs> bok, bok. Um, yeah. So that was my answer too. Also, is there another crazy rich Asians movie coming out? Yeah. I mean, it was announced. I think it got delayed. Okay. Um, but it's Cause there's definitely two more happening. books. And I was like, when is this? Ha- I feel like that has been forever that that movie came out. Well, we out. can't have too many Asian led fil- films, you yeah, know? Yes, like Hollywood has true. rules that's about true. that. That's true. You got one every four years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now COVID set everything off. So it's like another four after well, this. Well, but he- hear me out. Maybe we could just have whites replace yeah. everybody in the second <laughs> yeah. one. Just crazy rich whites. Yes. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Just Scarlett Johansson and Emily Stone. Yes. There you mm-hmm, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're ready. Woody Allen can make an appearance. Well, yeah, we'll bring all the good ones. <sighs> uh, did you have um, another one? No, that, that is all the questions I have. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I don't know what we're doing next, but um, I doubt it'll be better than this. Yeah, we need to figure it out because I was looking at the calendar and it's like there's truly nothing coming out next <laughs> yeah. week. So we're going to have to scrounge around. Okay. Well, as long as it's not Camila Cabello's Cinderella, I'm okay. Yeah, uh, not great. <laughs> Although maybe maybe that would be the most interesting thing yeah, for our you can audience, watch but... You can watch Candyman and describe it to me. How about that? Oh, I'm so excited. I still haven't seen it, but I'm excited to see Candyman. I think I'm going to see it on Thursday. Yeah. Um. Also, I watched Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which is a musical about a boy who wants to be a drag queen that's coming to Amazon. Oh. And that was very fun. It's based on a musical on the West End. I feel like oh, you would okay. like it. It's okay. very like easy breezy. Oh, okay, cute. Well, we'll Maybe see not a ton goes. to talk about, but yeah. it's fun. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what we need in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can always find us on our uh, social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. If you want more episodes, more content, more of our <laughs> wild takes, you can find us on our Patreon. Um, subscribe there. Support us. Make sure our... Um, our audio uh keeps up and uh we can buy some new mics here in the near future but yes that mm-hmm. is patreon.com backslash ps you're wrong we have merch we have fun things coming um uh but yeah anything else no i think that's it we'll see you guys next week bye everybody bye